Welcome to Real Time Real Estate, a podcast brought to you by St. Louis Realtors, your voice for real estate. I'm Charlie Hinderlet, Director of Government Affairs with St. Louis Realtors, and today we're joined by two of the leaders of the Land Bank Coalition, State Representative Kevin Windham and Rachel Waterman of Legal Services of Eastern Missouri. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us, Charlie. Representative Windham, Describe to us the problems that you found in your community that led you to dig into land banks. So, Charlie, in my neighborhood where I grew up, I grew up in Hillsdale, and that's in mid and North County. And really, I grew up across the street from some vibrant homes and in a vibrant neighborhood. And as I grew older, uh, and as my great grandmother, whose home it was, grew older, we found that some of the homes grew vacant. Uh, and abandoned. And I think that one of the big factors was uh, personal property tax foreclosure. So that's one thing that I wanted to look at, as well as the post third sale list in St. Louis County. And I thought to myself that it would be good to have all the post third sale list organized. And I thought that land banking was the way to go. And then that, that really led me to conversations with you and legal services of eastern missouri where i found out that i couldn't just throw land banking on top of the situation it, it was really much deeper than that rachel would you give us a little bit of a description of what that post third sale list is and the challenges that that brings uh, for those realtors and listeners that might not be familiar with that sure yeah so the post third sale list is a creature that grows out of chapter 140 of the revised statutes of missouri which is the chapter that governs property tax foreclosure in St. Louis County and most of the counties in Missouri. That system means that the county auctions off tax liens. So when properties are tax delinquent for several years, the county will auction off the lien on the property to the highest bidder. That bidder can then collect the property taxes that are due according to that lien. Or if the owner doesn't pay them, they can foreclose on that tax lien. Not every tax lien gets purchased at those auctions because sometimes people don't think the cost of the tax lien is worth the value of the property. So for those that don't get purchased, they end up on the post third sale list. So that's after three auctions. That's why it's called the post third. Three auctions have happened. And now that property is just sitting on the post third sale list. A lot of those properties like Representative Wyndham was suggesting are vacant and abandoned. They're on that post third list because they're in very poor condition. Um, and they just sit there basically accumulating more and more back taxes and awaiting a buyer who's willing to take on those back taxes and the accompanying title problems that often come with being on that post third sale list. State Representative Wyndham, you and Rachel, as well as Peter Hoffman from Legal Services of Eastern Missouri, have been critical in leading this coalition, helping to develop the legislation and the policy. Can you talk to us a little bit about how this coalition has been working over the last 18 or so months? Yeah, thanks, Charlie. So I think that big props to you for bringing uh, the three parties together, being the St. Louis Realtors, um, myself, and Legal Services of Eastern Missouri. I, I think that our coalition has been extraordinary in not only how long we've been meeting, but uh, the intentionality that we bring to the subject. So um, we have a number of different partners, and it, it's, it's really been a joy to work with everybody from the Spanish Lake Community Development 
coalition all the way to uh, Lee May. So it's been a good time for sure. A, a couple great things about the coalition is how well-rounded we are. And we also have a, a national partner in the Center for Community Progress. And, and they've been a great partner in bringing different policies from around the country so that we can have a Missouri-specific solution, uh, but we don't necessarily have to reinvent the wheel, we can bring different solutions from around the country to make our Missouri solution. So it's been it's been good, especially with the unique situation that St. Louis County is in with all of our municipalities. And as we think about land banks, uh, a lot of people think of LRA, the Land Reutilization Authority in St. Louis City, which is the oldest land bank in the country. Rachel, can you talk to us a little bit about how this might be different from LRA in terms of how we design it? Definitely. That was a big concern when Representative Wyndham first asked us for help drafting legislation was how do we make sure this legislation, like he was mentioning, brings in all the best practices and innovations from around the country so that we have what we're calling land banking 3.0. The city's LRA is the oldest land banking in the country. So you can think of that as land bank 1.0. Kansas City has a land bank that's much more modern, but at this point is still about 15 years old. So that's land bank 2.0. This is land bank 3.0. We've learned a lot of lessons here in Missouri specifically and also across the country. The main difference between the land banks that already exist in Kansas City and St. Louis, the LRA, and what this legislation would create is better funding for the land bank and control over land bank inventory. So in St. Louis City and in Kansas City, those land banks take every single abandoned property that does not sell at tax auction. So every tax delinquent property goes through tax auction, and then anything that doesn't sell at that auction then goes to the land bank. That's how St. Louis City Land Bank ended up with around 20,000 properties I think they have today. Kansas City also has an enormous inventory. The land banks that are written to this legislation would have control over how many properties come into their inventory. So they could work with their collector, their county collector, to decide which properties would go through a judicial tax sale system. And then it would be only those properties that don't sell that end up in the land bank. So in theory, these land banks could have anywhere from five to 500 to 5,000 properties, depending on what kind of choice they make in partnership with their county collector. So that's One, they have much more control over inventory, and then we've created a lot more sources of funding for these land banks in the legislation itself. The St. Louis City Land Bank is funded, I believe, only from the sales of properties it owns. Um, That's not a lot of revenue because a lot of the properties it owns are very low value. These land banks will be funded by at least five different sources of revenue. That differentiation of many revenue sources will help to better fund these land banks so that they can carry out their purpose and get these vacant abandoned properties back to market, which is really the point. And Rachel, you mentioned the legislation that's been drafted. Can you give us just a brief summary of what that looks like? I'd be happy to. So what the legislation looks like is an opportunity for counties, St. Louis County and any county in Missouri, to use judicial foreclosure on a parcel by parcel basis. So what St. Louis County does now, it's called an administrative system. It's that post third system that we talked about at the beginning. This would allow St. Louis County to use an existing chapter of Missouri law that's a judicial foreclosure process where um, the foreclosure on the tax lien basically happens before auction. So all the required notice that 
constitutionally must happen before you auction off anybody's property happens before the auction ever takes place. When the property goes up a tax auction, it's more likely to have clear title for that reason, because all that notice has already gone out. Then public auction, anyone can bid. If no one bids on the property at auction, it then goes into a land bank. So those land banks are created in the legislation and the opportunity to use that judicial system to get properties, clear their title and place them in the land bank if they don't sell is also written into the legislation. Let's take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey everyone, it's Laura McBride with Continental Title Company. At Continental Title Company, one of the things that we're most proud of is our CTC Care program. What is CTC Cares? Well, it's local organizations handpicked from our staff that we like to donate to. At every buyer's closing, the buyers get to choose from a list of five organizations and we make the donation. There is no cost to the buyers or agents. One of our core company values is to support the charitable organizations and the communities that we serve. And that's why in 2021, Continental Title was able to donate $53,260 to local charities. Continental Title Company, the company that cares. If you're interested in hearing more, contact me at 636-667-8915, or you can find out more at www.ctitle.com. Thank you to our 2022 sponsors. Now, let's get back to the show. We also want to promote a video this coalition has created. It's a five-minute animated video that I think really does a nice job of explaining how land banks and judicial tax foreclosures works. This is a technical and complicated area of law. And this five minute video really distills it down beautifully. And I have to say this coalition has been meeting every other Friday via Zoom for more than a year and a half. And the meetings where we went over the storyboarding for that animation were were a lot of fun. Um, But the result we are very proud of. So we've got a link to that video in the episode description. We really encourage you to check that out if you want to understand what this legislation would do. But as a lawyer, I think about these types of things all day, every day. I went to three years of law school. A lot of these issues, like Charlie said, are very technical and complicated. And I think it's a huge achievement of this coalition that we've distilled it into a five minute video that pretty much anyone can understand. And they can understand how these two systems, property tax foreclosure and land banking, are related to a real world problem, which is vacant and abandoned properties in people's neighborhoods that they see walk by every single day. So it has been, like Charlie said, really, really fun to work with this coalition that has people on one end of the spectrum, like lawyers, policy people, and then just regular community members, everyone trying to find this middle ground where we can understand the system and work on solutions as a group. Rachel, earlier you mentioned clear title. Can you talk about what we're talking about when we mention clear title and and how a land bank interacts with that and how that's important? Sure. So clear title, um, the reason people care about it is because it determines whether you can get title insurance. Title insurance is a prerequisite often to getting financing or to um, selling your house to a regular average buyer. So clear title is sort of step one in getting insurable title, which avails you to all the normal benefits of home ownership and that kind of thing. So how clear title relates to what we're doing as a coalition is that a lot of these properties that are on the post third list that come out of the current county tax foreclosure system end up with title defects. So when Representative Wyndham first started asking us, you know, how do we address this problem of vacancy in the county? 
um, this was front of mind is how can we get clear title to these properties so that people can come in and rehab them right away, not have to hire an attorney to clear the title? How do we have a process that is better at producing clear title from the outset? And that's where judicial foreclosure comes into the picture. So the current system in the county is what's called an administrative system. This system that the legislation would allow the county to use is a judicial system. The key to clear title is making sure that every interest holder and owner gets due process notice that their property is at risk of being auctioned off for delinquent taxes. When those owners and interest holders don't get that notice, that's when title defects form. So what the judicial process is meant to do is ensure that all of those owners and interest holders get notice that their property is potentially at risk of being auctioned off for failure to pay property taxes, that they also get the chance to redeem their property. So come forward, pay those taxes, keep it off the auction block. And if they don't do that, only after they've gotten all the required notice, all the opportunities to pay their taxes, only then would the property actually go up for public auction. Because all that happened before the auction, that is the mechanism by which um, this system is better at producing clear title because those interest holders were cleared from title before the auction ever happened. And then if no one buys at auction, that clear title goes into the land bank. And Rachel, I think you hit on what is, at least to me, the beauty of this legislation and why it's, it's an elegant solution is that it strengthens private property rights. If someone owns a piece of property and didn't realize that they were behind on taxes or there is an issue where there's ownership, this strengthens that. But it's also one that strengthens communities that these vacant and abandoned properties are a drain on those communities. They're making these places not as desirable. Um, it's hurting property values and hurting neighbors. And I think that's why this is so great is it both protects those private property rights, but also provides a mechanism by which we can get these properties that are not in use back onto the market, get that inventory back out there where this can become somebody's home. And next question is for Representative Wyndham or, or Rachel. What are the outcomes we're looking to see? So we've talked about kind of the, technically how this works, but at the end of the day, what does success look like once this legislation is passed and we have a land bank up and operating? So I think that, uh, like you mentioned, it's, I think that this route is better for everyone. It's better for the potential homeowner that falls behind on their uh, on their property taxes because they have proper notice. It's also better for the community because they, we hope we'll have less vacant homes than in the community. But I think that one thing that, that initially we want to see is just having at least a more uh, structured system. Right now, I think that it's, it's difficult to navigate the system that we have, uh, whether that's for buying a home or whether that's uh, just keeping your home out of out of the system. I think that another thing that we ultimately want to see is an increase in home ownership, especially in the communities where these vacant homes are, and home ownership from people that either still live in these communities or used to live in these communities. I think it's important. So between how we structured the board and, and some of the some of the different things that we wrote into the legislation. I think that they'll help St. Louis County in achieving those goals. 
and, and really just making sure that folks are, are able to own homes in the community that they live in is really important. And Representative Wendemey make an excellent point that this is legislation for the state of Missouri that's opt-in. So local governments can use this as an optional new tool in the toolbox to address these issues. But it's also a two-step process where once the Missouri legislature passes this, then it goes to, in our case, St. Louis County, but certainly this would apply to other places in the state as well, to then create what we want that land bank for St. Louis County to look like so that it's tailored to meet the needs uh, of where we are. Thank you so much to State Representative Wyndham and to Rachel Waterman for joining us today. We really appreciate you being here. Thank you, Charlie, for having us. Thanks, Charlie. Good to be with you. Thank you for listening to Real Time Real Estate, a podcast brought to you by St. Louis Realtors. Join us next time for more on real estate news, trends, and industry insights. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. St. Louis Realtors, your voice for real estate.